been rough since the world got ravaged by nuclear war. Yep, warming ourselves on the glowing embers of civilization sure is tough. Nuclear winter, mad, lawless gangs, and the mutants. Ugh, don't even get me started on the mutants. I just wish all the crops hadn't died. Yeah, and the pre-existing stocks of canned food just didn't last as long as we expected. Yeah, we almost have nothing to eat. Yeah, lucky Clutterbuck bit the dust. Yeah, can you pass me a leg? Cannibalism. You know, when I was a kid, I never pictured myself being a cannibal. No? No, I pictured myself being a nepotist, a bigamist, having an electrocomplex, being an ownophile, but never as a cannibal. I never left cannibal out of the equation, but at the same time, I didn't expect it. I mean, I recognised that it was a far-flung possibility, but I didn't dare to hope. Your planet is crap now. Sorry? Since it got blown up and got all dark and started raining ash all day... I quite liked the sunshine and safe background levels of gamma radiation you had before, believe it or not. I came here because your planet used to be cool, but now look at it. Yep, they sure screwed it up. You screwed it up. You're a human. You should take responsibility. No, I was always anti-nuclear war. This isn't my responsibility. Yeah, I always hated those pro-nuclear war guys. Yeah, those guys are so annoying. I came here because I thought you would keep this planet alive. I didn't know you would kill it. I could have stayed on my own planet. That's alive. I like alive planets. Why don't you just go back? I have no powers, remember? They got taken. I am stuck. An exile. The brochures said this planet was nice. How was I supposed to know it would turn out like this? This is worse than when we went to Italy during that garbage strike. Oh, well. I'm giving your planet a bad rating when I get home. On Interstellar Trip Advisor, I'm giving you a four. A four? Out of what? Five. The four out of five isn't so bad. Well, your planet is still cheap. Besides, no one ever goes anywhere unless it gets a five. See, why even have a rating system then? I know, that's what I say. You're an amorphous cloud of light and living intelligence. Can't you just fly home? Not without my powers. The gases my intelligence is made up of still have mass. I would have to achieve escape velocity. No powers, no escape velocity. Heck, if I had powers, I could undo all the damage here. But Senzor, that bully from my homeworld, he took my powers, and who knows when he'll be in this part of the galaxy again. Maybe if we make a catapult. Won't be enough. I'm stuck here. Cheer up. Wanna eat some Clutterbuck? I don't eat. Hey, hey, Jim. You want, uh, Clutterbuck's prairie oysters? I don't know. It doesn't seem fair to have them all to myself. Alright, you have one and I'll have one. Okay, that's equitable. Here you go. They say that eating these kinds of things make you more of a man. ta Wow, it's chewy. I, 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 I know, I don't taste that caramel center. Oh, nougaty. It's, 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 it's gamey, huh? Gamey? Oh, it feels like I'm chewing on a sponge full of dishwater. Oh, don't put that, don't put that image in my head. Oh, sorry. Oh, you know, you put me right off eating. Ah, uh, watching you enjoy that mortal food. I almost wish I could devour one of Clutterbuck's prairie oysters. Look, 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 should we... Oh, man, this really sticks to the roof of my mouth. Oh, it's hard to swallow. Gonna need a toothpick. Look, should we... Oh, God damn. 
we'll get up and we, god damn it, just, I, I just want to chew it into enough pieces that I can swallow it down. I know, it's coming up my whole... <laughs> Uh, wait, wait, let me, let me, let me put my hand on your shoulder for leverage. <coughs> Breathe through your nose. You don't want to choke. <coughs> okay, so. I don't know the Heimlich maneuver. <coughs> <sighs> it's okay. It went down. <coughs> oh. Oh. Finally, me too. Uh, what were you saying earlier? Oh, <coughs> um, should we? Oh, right. Should we go out into the nuclear wasteland and look for survivors? Okay, better than sitting around this flaming oil drum in this shell of a ruined building all day. It took me five hours to light a fire in that oil drum. Hey, disembodied alien intelligence, I wasn't making fun of your oil drum lighting. I love that you started a fire in that oil drum. I know how much time and effort it took. I'm just saying that now, maybe we want to look around for a bit, and then when we come back, the fire from the oil drum will guide us home, and we'll be even more welcoming and seem more warm for us having been away from it. All right, then. I mean, it wasn't really anything. I wasn't really worried, but it's nice to hear you say that. Okay, so let's just pick our way through the rubble. Rubble, rubble. What? Oh, I just said rubble, rubble. You know, like that McDonald's character. <laughs> oh, yeah, he'd be useful in a nuclear wasteland. Yeah, you'd be like, thanks for pointing out the obvious, Hamburglar. Yeah, rubble, rubble. I didn't see it. Thanks for, like, reminding me of the horror. Thanks for... Pointing out all the time that all the cities got destroyed. Yeah, thanks for that. Hey, look. There are like 50 women all huddled under that half-ruined shelter in tattered, revealing clothes. Hey, wow. Hello, ladies. Hello. Hey, I, I think it is our duty to repopulate the Earth. Me and all of you, we'd better have a lot of sex. Sounds good. My name's DM, by the way. Hey, look, huddled under that ruined shelter, 50 men in tattered revealing clothing. Wow, how about that? Hey, guys. Hey yeah. there. Hey, I think it is our duty to keep the spirit of gay alive in this post-apocalyptic hellhole. Just as the human spirit will never die, so the love of gayness and the spirit of equality will endure despite our hardships. We'd better have a lot of gay sex, me and all of you. Yeah, yeah. Sounds, sounds like, like a, a plan. plan. Tough being in this nuclear wasteland. Yeah, it's rough. This is K-9, though this unit is incapable of emotion. I calculate that the role-playing hour has a 98% probability of causing feelings of hate and distress in any sentient life form. <coughs> oh, good morning, Jim. How was your night? Oh, yeah, you know, pretty good. Tired back, a lot of sex. How was yours? Yeah, tired back, a lot of sex. Yeah. How was your night, disembodied alien intelligence? I calculated pi to 29,000 places. Oh. I'm sorry, should I not calculate pi and tell? That's bad form, isn't it? No, I mean, <laughs> we're all men. Yeah, we're adults, we can talk about pi. Yeah, hair pie. <laughs> Chocolate pie. Ha! <laughs>
Yes, ha! My pie was neither here nor chocolate. I do not understand what you mean by that. Come, Come back, DM. We, we miss you. Come, Come back, back, Jim. We're well, only, only without you. Well, I'd better get back. Yeah, me too. Life in a post-nuclear wasteland, huh? Yeah. Hey, what's that? It looks like cars and trucks full of wasteland warriors. They wear leather and have mohawks, chains and bandanas, and their vehicles have been covered in spinning blades and reinforced with fearsome spikes, turning them into post-apocalyptic death machines. And they have fishnets! Yeah, a lot of them are wearing fishnets. Look, fresh meat! Survivors! Looks like we hit the jackpot today, Skullface! Well, sure did Death Jaws say what's in that shelter there? Allow me, DM. Why, in the shelter are 50 scantily clad human women. Great! We'll rape them! Yeah, we'll get our rape dicks out. We'll rape ourselves up a nice rape souffle. Rape them? I don't think the 50 scantily clad women will like that. Oh, look, mate, we're only joking. Yeah, it was just a joke, you know, rape them, just joshing. Ugh, rape jokes? Yeah, we'll rape them up rapey with our rape snacks. We'll be like the great rape ape. Hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> look, here's the thing about rape jokes. So many people make them, but very rarely are they funny. In fact, so rarely are they funny that I would suggest that if you are considering making a rape joke, perhaps just decide not to. They almost never work. You're lecturing people on what is funny, DM? Yeah, I mean, I've been around for a while, right? I've been doing this, what, nine years? I've made a lot of jokes. I've failed a lot. I've succeeded a bit. I've been around the block. I've tried it all. I can see what works and what doesn't. But how can you teach anyone about what is funny when you yourself aren't funny? I don't have to be funny myself to be able to decide if someone else's joke is or isn't funny. That has nothing to do with it, Jim. Does a person who stamps your driver's license have to be able to drive? No. But if they stamp your license, it's still valid. Who stamps licenses? What century are you in? Well, I can't drive. Does a person who officiates over your marriage license have to be married themselves? No! They may well be divorced. But that doesn't make your marriage any less real. So, I may not be funny myself, but I can still tell others whether they are or are not funny. I see. And rape jokes. Rape jokes. Well, first of all, what is rape? It's the most horrible thing that can happen to a person besides murder. It is one person violently asserting their power over another for their own gratification. It's nauseating to almost everyone involved, and it makes a perpetrator look like an inhuman, immature freak. And how? On my planet, rape jokes are the only kinds of jokes. No one laughs at anything else. Shut up, you. A lot of teenagers confuse something being shocking or offensive with something being funny. And certainly, shocking and offensive things can be funny. That is why the teenagers get confused. Anything that terrifies us, or points out our deepest insecurities, or which exposes our own hypocrisies, is almost automatically funny. We laugh away our fears and it is cathartic. But think about it. If someone makes a rape joke and it's not funny, you feel like you, yourself, have been violated. The young men who usually make rape jokes are just making them to shock, to offend, and to assert their power over others within earshot, whether or not anyone around actually wants his words in their ear holes. It is something like rape anyway, as they hiss their rape joke through a grimace and bared teeth. 
If you making a rape joke is going to make other people feel like they are being raped, then it is not funny. Don't make it. Don't use a rape joke as an excuse to actually orally rape people. People will react the same way they would if you tried to rape them, or if they saw you raping someone. They'll think you're an immature, pathetic, lonely freak. Jeez, how many times do you want to say rape, DM? And a lot of young men are very insecure when it comes to women and sex. They feel very powerless. I guarantee you, if you were to pick up 10 short stories, novels, or movie scripts written by men under 25, about 8 of those will have a rape scene. It's not because those guys are rapists, or that they would ever rape someone, but they are flailing about, insecure, wishing they had power over women, because their desire for women has such power over them. They want women so badly, yet don't quite know their way around the fairer sex, and they're crushed under the weight of their own desire. So, when a guy like that makes a joke, all you can think is, does he actually have a rape fantasy? Is he letting his secret show? Does he actually want to rape me? Make a rape joke and you just expose your own insecurities, your own fantasies. Again, a fantasy is something very different to actually perpetrating something. But though some rape fantasies might be almost harmless, they're still extremely uncool and very embarrassing. And no one wants to know that about you. You might think you're being ironic, but often you have a much higher estimation of your own comedic and acting skills and your own ability to read social situations than you have actual talent. You might seem very clever and knowing and ironic to yourself if you make a rape joke you don't mean, but because there are so many frustrated boys out there, chances are people will assume you are a secret rape fantasy person. So don't go making that rape joke. Don't Don't go go making making that rape rape joke. joke. Yes, stop, think... And then, don't go making that rape joke. Stop. Think. Don't go making that rape joke. But rape jokes are hilarious. It is true that though I say rape jokes are almost never funny, I have laughed at at least two rape jokes. Why, DM? Well, let's look into that. The first I can think of is from Derek and Clive with Peter Cook and Dudley Moore. From before civilization got destroyed. Yes, from before civilization got destroyed. Those CDs don't exist anymore. Peter Cook is discussing how he ran down an old lady on his motorcycle and then he leans down as if to offer assistance. He says very casually, and then I raped her. It is hilarious. Why is it hilarious? Because of the way he delivers it. Because of the situation. Because it's unexpected. He is saying it almost as if it's a social faux pas. A minor breach of etiquette. He isn't saying it with the teenager's hissing glee. It's like he spilled some tea on the old woman or something. Oh, I ran over with my motorbike and then I raped her. The whole joke is told as if he's being unfairly bothered by police for minor traffic violations. Rape is standing in for something else. Rape here means a minor breach of etiquette. He's making a joke about etiquette, about people getting upset because zealous police are being draconian about traffic fines. Rape is standing in for something else. And that is usually when a rape joke is funny. When the rape is actually standing in for something else. When it's not actually about sexually abusing someone. So you can feel a sadistic power. Because that's when rape isn't funny. Stop. Think. Don't go making that rape joke. Thank you, community service announcement. Okay. So, Derek and Clive, not actually about rape. Rape stands in as a too-strong taboo for a joke about social etiquette and expected polite behavior and the deadpan delivery and the deadpan reaction from Dudley Moore is key to what makes it funny. If Dudley Moore had been shocked, it would not have been as funny. Dudley Moore just says, yeah, and Peter Cook goes on with the story. They agree the policeman was being unfair for trying to fault Peter Cook after he ran over an old lady and tried to rape her. 
It's a whole structure. Peter Cook says in a very matter-of-fact way that he did all these horrible and irresponsible things and Dudley Moore reacts like he's talking about getting in trouble for going one mile over the speed limit. That's why it's funny. The joke is actually not about the horrible acts. It's a juxtaposition of him breaking social etiquette but done in such a heavy-handed way and then the blasé manner in which they present it. Hardly a rape joke then. That's why it's funny. Most funny rape jokes aren't actually about rape. Most? Well, (laughs) The other funny rape joke I can think of is where Louis C.K. talks about raping a dead kid. Let me tell the joke word for word as it is told on his hilarious video so I can tell it right. But civilization has been destroyed. How will you watch his hilarious video? I'll just have to do it from memory. Okay, Louis C.K. sees a beautiful couple with a kid, but he can't quite see the kid clearly. Because the couple's beautiful, you know, he wants to see what their kid looks like. I'm waiting. I'm curious what their kid looks like. Maybe I want to fuck their kid. I don't know. <laughs> That's just me saying something terrible because it makes me laugh that it upsets you. That's all that is, just so you know. It's just it's just enjoyable to me that you're upset. That's all it is. I'm not going to fuck a kid. I wouldn't do that. Maybe a dead kid. Who are you hurting? He's dead. Who are you hurting? I'm not saying I'd kill a kid and fuck him. I'm saying if I found a dead kid in a field and if it wasn't raining, I might take a shot. I don't know. I haven't been in that situation. <clears throat> of course, Louis C.K. is a genius, and he tells the joke much better, but it is hilarious, much like the title of his video that no longer exists. He's not talking about a minor breach of social etiquette, though. That is intentionally shocking. Yes, but it's not just shocking for the sake of being shocking. Think about it. Why is it funny? It's funny because death is terrifying, and dead children are even more terrifying because they're so vulnerable and small and have so much potential, and they need to be protected. (laughs) So right there, death. Death is almost always funny if it's not a threat to you at that exact moment. Any existential horror that your brain recalls from like that is funny. Existential horror, I mean, not just something that is horrible because it's shocking. Next, raping a dead kid. Well, that's one of society's great fears, after all, that our children are not safe. But also, he's hinting at sex offenders and the like, and the state they are in. What do you do with a sex offender? I mean, all of us with normal urges, gay, straight, whatever, but with normal urges, attracted to normal things. How powerful is sex for us? Every single one of us has, I bet done something that's shameful to do with sex, something that we're just horribly embarrassed about and wouldn't want anyone to know about, or because sex controls us so completely sometimes when that urge takes hold, and that is with normal and acceptable urges, with consenting adults being attracted to consenting adults. Even then, sex is bad enough. As a heterosexual man walking down a busy street with women in it, how often does your mind sexualize them or rate them sexually even if you don't want to? But imagine a sex offender, someone who finds children sexually attractive. Their brains are just wired up wrong. And so, they're fucked. What can they do? <laughs> what would be more horrifying than being attracted to a kid? You're screwed. <laughs> There's no outlet for you because having sex with a kid is under any circumstances clearly and undeniably wrong. It's always rape. It always damages someone. And yet every day, a sex offender has that urge and always will just because their brain is wired up badly. They might not want to think that way any more than anybody else wants them to, but they're fucked. They're fucked. They're going to ruin someone else's life. They're going to ruin their own life. It's going to happen. So what do you do with that person? How do you fit that person into the world? They're still a human being. Louis C.K. is great at recognizing the humanity of people. These sex offenders are fucked up. They have horrible urges. They ruin lives. But they're still people. Just people who are wired up wrong. What do you do with them? So, give them dead kids. 
That is the only way they'll not hurt people. Fine, them kids already dead. That's the only way they could satisfy their urges and still be safe to society. And that is horrifying! <laughs> horrifying! How terrifying is the human condition? There it is again! Hey! Existential terror! Despair at the state of being a human. All of that stuff is in that little joke. That one joke raises all these issues and all these unsolvable problems that society can't even bring itself to talk about because there's no solution to them and it does it all in a few lines. And like I said, existential terror and exposing the parts of the human condition we ignore and highlighting society's unspoken taboos cleverly or sympathetically, these things are almost always funny. I mean, society really can't deal with pedophilia. All you can do is kill those people who are disposed to it. Yep, that's all you can do. Because they're gonna fuck up sometime. All you can do is kill them, and yet anyone with a conscience and a sense of human decency couldn't allow people just to be killed willy-nilly. So you can't kill them. There's nothing you can do one way or the other. It's a horror that shocks us to our core, and we just cannot deal with it. Again, the joke isn't really about rape. It's about this kind of despair at how silly and stupid humans can be, wired up with all this stuff, something goes wrong with you, and BAM! Life is utterly hopeless! Louis C.K.'s joke shocks with a purpose, and with almost a sympathy, and it's about having sex with a dead kid. So that's why sex is such a well we all draw on for humour, because sex terrifies, embarrasses and dominates us. Yeah, well, the scene in the movie Blue Velvet, you know, where Dennis Hopper is breathing the nitrous oxide through the mask and abusing Isabella Rossellini while saying, Baby wants to fuck! That terrifying scene, David Lynch, the writer and director, apparently couldn't stop laughing while they were filming that. Isabella, Isabella Rossellini was shocked. David Lynch, this man who doesn't even swear, and here he is losing it during this sensitive and horrible scene. And Isabella Rossellini said years later, she realized, of course, it's funny. Here is this guy, Dennis Hopper's character, completely dominated by sex and this weird and stupid fetish. He's hurting people, but how pathetic, how exposed he is, how banal. Of course it's funny. It's funny and terrifying. How dominated and humiliated we can be by this stuff. Rape jokes are only funny when they're about something else or when they remind us of complex issues to do with the shared and sympathetic hopelessness of the human condition. When they make us laugh away our fears. If your rape joke makes people frightened and makes them feel like you're just trying to rape them with your words, then they're not funny. And 99% of rape jokes are just like that. They're the latter. They're terrifying rather than enlightening and so not funny. Stop. Think! Don't go making that rape joke! Except on my planet, because we are incapable of sex and find sexual reproduction and physical bodies trivial. Rape is always funny. You're a horrible disembodied alien intelligence. And you are an insect to me! You, we were just joking. You didn't need to lecture us. Yeah, maybe we should rape all his head holes so he finally shuts up. <laughs> this is John Reese Davis. I hate the role-playing hour because they tossed a dwarf. I'd, uh, another bad day yesterday because I got, um, I got nicked for speeding in the toilet. Uh, I'll come in about 40 miles an hour because, you know, I was dying for a piss. Yeah. And his attendant nicked me for speeding. So I told him, you know, that, uh, the reason I was going so fast was that I had, uh, I had a um, metallic penis, and there was, there was a magnet on the urinal, which drew me towards it at an unnatural speed. Yeah. And he said, "All right, then, where's the magnet?" So naturally, I had to, you know, grope around the urinal. But he found one, of course. Well, I had one in my pocket. Oh right. 
so I diverted his attention by hitting him in the eye with a toilet roll and said, oh, there's a magnet, you know, pulled it out of the right. pocket. Right. Then he said, OK, where's your metallic knob? I said, look, mate, I'm not a homosexual, right. I said, and the fact that my knob is made of bits of Meccano is none of your business. And so, you know, he let the whole thing uh, pass. But it was, it, it was a narrow, a narrow miss. Well, I was, uh, <clears throat> I was out in the, in the, um, in the road, my car, you know. Yeah. And uh, I, I had it on this meter for about four days, you know. Yeah. And the warden came out to me and said, "I'm giving you a ticket." I said, "You can't give me a ticket, mate." Yeah. I said, "You just, you can't give me a ticket." I said, uh, I'm blind. Oh, yeah. That, you know? that, that's good. So uh, he, he said, uh, well, that's neither here nor there. I said, what do you mean? It's right here with me. So he said, I said, I said, I don't know what you said anyway. I'm deaf. Oh, you know? he said you're deaf and blind. Right. Yeah. That, that got him a bit puzzled. Then he said, uh, he said, well, he said, how come you're driving a car and you're blind and deaf? I said, I can't answer that. I'm dumb. Ah, oh, that put him in his place, put him didn't in his it? Fucking yeah. place. He walked yeah. off with his head bowed. Yeah, you know, with his tail between his knees. Right. And yeah. yeah. He gave me a ticket though. Oh fucking, fucking cunt! People try, try so much on, oh, don't they? Yeah. Don't they? Fucking try on. I, I ran over a woman the other day. Oh yeah. And uh, on the mo- motorcycle, actually. Oh nice. And in doing, yeah, she. I mean, it was her fault because she was no. just attracting attention because she was... Walking across the road, right? No, uh, no she's a, a pedestrian crossing with a stick, yeah. Uh, fucking So, stick. you know, she was lit up yeah. in the glow of the Belisha beacons. Right, you're bound to it, aren't you? Scarcely see so. Yeah, see as bright uh, as that. Uh, bright as that. And uh motorcycle ripped straight up her and the, uh, the exhaust caught her knickers and uh, burnt them, you know. And charter round the, you know, the dude. the toilet area. Round the uh, 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 toilet uh, area. Right. So naturally, I stooped down to rape her. Yeah. And this uh, policeman come up and said, to, Here, uh, stop that. What oh, are yeah. you doing? I said, I'm, I'm a war veteran. Right. I'm trying to <clears throat> uh, gain some publicity for the deprived. Yeah, I ran over. Uh, maybe it was the same lady. She was, was, it, she was just coming out of the hospital yeah. with a lot of bandages on, going across the pedestrian crossing. Yeah, uh, I think it must have been the same lady. Yeah, about seventy-five. That's right. White yeah. hair. That's right. Big tits. And uh, I'll rip right through her with the cycle, you know. Yeah. Uh, and she gave me the same trouble. What? You know, fucking exhausted. I don't know how it got in her knickers, but no, uh, got there, exhausted. And, um, uh, I was, you know, policeman came up, probably the same bloke. He said, I, he said, uh, a couple of days ago, some bloke ran this woman down and, uh, started to try and rape her just the way you're doing. Yeah. I said, well, I, I said, are you getting the fucking message then? I said, aren't you getting some, uh, aren't you twigging something here, yeah. officer? Yeah, can't you see what's afoot? Can't you see what's going on here, officer? I said, if you can't, if you if you haven't got the gumption to see what's going on, I said, then you can fuck off out the force. Yeah. So he uh, he took my point and uh, led me by the point to the police station, put it on the table, 
they fingerprinted it, of course, all their hands, all over my oh, knob for oh, about Elvis. four hours. Shocking. And, uh Look, I used to think this country <clears throat> was a land of opportunity. Oh, fuck that, mate. No. And now... No. It is turned into a, a, a Gestapo Kazi. Right. One officer came up to me and he said, Look, your motor's weaving all over the all over the road. I said, What do you expect? I'm pissed out of me head. I said, Fuck me, can't you see that? I've got four empty bottles of scotch in the fucking motor. What I'm you... swigging a bottle of scotch now. Can't right. you understand why I'm swerving about? Yeah. So I'm fucking drunk, you cunt. Yeah. What a cunt, eh? He arrested me. Do you know what technicality you got me on? What? Murder. Oh, fucking hell. This is Lance Hendrickson, and I hate the role-playing hour because, argh, they're chewing off my face. Well, look, mate, if we can't rape all the women you have there in your hut, maybe we'll just have to kill them. Nah, don't do that. Yeah, we'll have to murder them. And... And you, it's survival of the fittest out here, dog eat dog. That's how it is in a nuclear wasteland. Yeah, kill everybody. <laughs> there are 50 women and us, and 50 men in the shed over there. I think we would all kick your asses. Hey, man, we were just joking again. Yeah, don't be hating. <laughs> DM, may I? Of course, Jim. Spree killings aren't cool. Spree killings, killings aren't cool. Of course, now that I've said they're not cool, you immediately think they're cool, but please, ignore that base instinct for contrariness just for a moment. Why do people do spree killings? Because they want to kill you in the face with their rape dicks. I kid. <laughs> yeah, kill them all, just joshing. Do you want me to take them, guys? What can you do, disembodied alien intelligence? You're a disembodied cloud of light. I can... Pulsate really fast if they have epilepsy. No, don't, 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 don't bother. No. People do spree killings because they feel wronged, because they have some petty sense that their manhood has been impinged upon, and they feel powerless, and they want to show everyone how tough they are. How boring! Or they want to make a statement to the world. Basically, they want to say, I was right and you were wrong. You underestimated me. You should have known. So they kill a bunch of people. Or they get really drunk on liquid nitrogen and belch up a cloud of chlorine gas. And they don't realize that humans around them can't breathe chlorine gas. And they're in an enclosed space, say, a maternity ward at a hospital. But they were only there in the first place to study human reproduction. In the end, they learn to reproduce. Humans need to breathe something besides chlorine gas. So I suppose you can say, when you even it all out, that it was still a valuable experience. But if you kill a bunch of people, all anyone thinks is, ooh, what a powerless nerd. Can't solve his problems like a normal person, needs a gun to feel tough. What a weakling. And everyone just thinks spree killers are dicks. Like, we really don't like them. So if you have a statement you were trying to make, you were wronged or these people were bad to you and everyone should see how much more clever and nice you are than them, it really doesn't help your cause. Total faux pas. You just look like a weakling dick and that's all anyone will ever remember you for. Oh, that idiot. Cool, cool people don't spree kill. I mean, you might think, oh, everyone hates me anyway, so I'll show them. I'll make them all hate me more. I'll take all that hatred onto myself and they'll remember me forever. But that's just like... A Christ complex gone wrong, and a Christ complex is the most boring thing ever. Okay, so you're not just a dick, but you're a whiny dick. Well, we can see who is better than everyone, now that you killed a bunch of people, and then killed yourself. Us. 
We're better than everyone. Better than you anyway, because you're some dick who killed a bunch of people. How cliche. Now we know for sure and forever that we are better than you, and we are completely justified in thinking that. No one would argue. No one would argue. So if you spree kill, you wipe yourself off any list of anyone ever thinking you were interesting, worthwhile, or even vaguely good. In fact, you're automatically on the list of people who are not as good as anyone else ever. Maybe they're just doing it because, I don't know, they want others to share their pain. Like, they feel a great pain inside themselves and, and it's not fair. And, and they want others to know that pain too. And, oh, there, there, Death Jaws. Come on, man. Buck up. Thanks, Skullface. Thanks, man. You want others to share your pain? Like others don't know pain and don't have pain of their own? Please, what is more blind, ignorant, or egotistical? You think your pain is so great, and then you assume no one else knows anything like that? Like they're not human? Like they've not experienced life too, and you're angry that they're not seeing how much you are in pain? But you're not seeing how much they are in pain, idiot. They feel pain just like you do. You're a complete hypocrite. Oh, I feel pain and they don't care about my pain, so I'll make them feel pain. You don't care about their pain. You're not even considering that they could feel pain. They're probably feeling pain. And then you want to inflict more pain on them. Why? You already know how bad pain is, right? Pain sucks. Why would you want to inflict that on someone? It's not like you saw an Adam Sandler movie and really liked it and then showed it to your friends and they wanted to claw their own eyes out. You already know pain is bad, or so you claim. That's the whole point of why you feel shitty. You're not unaware that pain sucks, so why would you want to share it? Surely minimizing pain is the obvious and logical choice for anyone who has truly experienced pain. And anyway, like I said, every human being knows pain, not just you. And if they appear ignorant of your pain, it's probably only because they're busy dealing with theirs. So don't be a complete hypocrite and say they don't understand you and your troubles. You clearly don't even try to understand theirs either. Cool, cool kids aren't spree killers. Jeez, if we knew you were going to lecture us, we wouldn't have even driven across this post-apocalyptic wasteland and tried to murder your woman. Yeah, you should really think about the way you communicate and how it affects others. Yeah, leave a gap in the conversation, why don't you? That way it's a dialogue, not a monologue. Any human interaction is a two-way street. When you just talk to people, you make them feel uncomfortable and left out. You might find people don't want to talk to you anymore. We're going. Find someone else to murder your woman. Yeah, see you, faggot. Have you ever noticed that the frequency a person uses the word faggot is a direct indicator of their socioeconomic background? Yeah. Zero faggots. A person is probably from quite a well-to-do background. One faggot a minute or more, and a person is probably from Elizabeth North. Faggot is a telling indicator of social status and class. DM, we've run out of food. All the cans we took from that nearby supermarket are empty. Well... This is the end. I suppose now we begin the slow and inevitable process of starvation. It had to happen. The Earth is dead. I will miss you guys. Hey, hey Jim. We, we found, found the ruins of the basement level of a factory. And nearby, a place where they store vending machines. Oh, great. Yes, but sadly, the factory only made chocolate. And the vending machines only have chocolate bars. Really? Yes. But on the plus side, there is enough to last us the rest of our lives. Sigh. We'll just have to eat chocolate until the end of time. Every day, nothing but chocolate. I'll go back and inform the 50 women in tattered revealing clothes I'm repopulating the earth with. Okay. Living in a nuclear wasteland sure is rough. <laughs> Tell me about it. Oh, why did you blow it up, etc. Are there any aliens from my home world out there? 
or from my point of view, native fellow citizens of my homeworld, Senzor, the one who took my powers, can you hear me, or anyone else from my planet, anyone at all, anyone who is out there, any alien who can take me away from here, are you listening? If you are, please, I am stuck on this ruined world with no powers. Make contact with me by dialing 8313-5000 or message on my interstellar Facebook wall. Just look for the role-playing hour on Facebook. That's R-O-L-E. www.facebook.com slash the role-playing hour on your primitive internet. You are listening to Jim the DM and the disembodied alien intelligence who is definitely not a fart cloud here on the role-playing hour on Radio Adelaide, digital radio online and 101.5 FM. When Civilization Still Existed, our old episodes were available as podcasts. The address was theroleplayinghour.wordpress.com before the bombs fell. But right now, if you are an alien, contact me on 8313-5000 or write a message on my Facebook page. Make contact, like in that Jodie Foster movie, The Beaver. This is Jonathan Frakes, and I hate the role-playing hour so much that whenever I hear it, I want to eject my warp core. Oh, what's happening, CC? They still call it the White House, but that's a temporary... Okay, we're going to have to talk over this Parliament song, I think, because we don't have much time left. Is there any... Well, before you determine if there's anything on the walls, I just remind you that if you subscribe to Radio Adelaide... You go into the draw this month to win five season passes to the 2013 Adelaide Roller Derby All-Girl Flat Track Season. Valued at $600. They must charge a lot for those tickets. Uh, oh, season pass. No, that's why. It's so, every, everything you can see. So if you like roller skates and if you like forms of derby, then it is for you. To subscribe to Radio Adelaide, it's $52 a year or $26 concession. Just dial 8313 during business hours or go to the website. Just Google Radio Adelaide. Or you could even come into the station and subscribe. You'll get a magazine sent out to you every season with all the latest news and information. And uh, you'll be supporting a community station supported by listeners. We also want to remind people that uh, uh, Oz Comic Con is soon, March 16th and 17th, I believe, at the Waverly Showgrounds. You can get tickets for it online now. We will be there. And Richard Dean Anderson will be there, which is why this month is the 1st of March Guyver. That's what this month is called. Um, and finally, you may remember a long time ago, we had uh, some documentary makers on the show. They were making a documentary about fandom, about people who are fans of things and how it affects their lives. They talked. To, we had a My Little Pony Brony Man call in. Well, fandom is... Uh, uh, they ha- they're, they're pitching themselves to get more funding, to turn it into a fully-fledged thing, and it's been going very positively. They've been getting a lot of good responses. But... They still need more money to get their thing off the ground. You know how expensive uh, filmmaking is. So uh, they actually have a fund. It's like Kickstarter, the Australian Kickstarter. I believe it's called Possible. And you can support them if you want to see more of fandom. Or if you are a fan yourself, you might want to contact them because you could be in the documentary if you have a big collection. They want to know more about people's lives, personal lives, and how fandom affects them. So if you've had a Star Wars wedding, they want to hear from you. Anyway fandom you can find it on facebook we'll put a link on the page later tonight whoa that was a lot of information so do we have anything on the facebook wall ourselves uh yes we do um we have two things from ben Mm. first huzzah for the role-playing hour huzzah i agree 
Uh, and then also, just on the topic of rape jokes, my science teacher was teaching, gasp, us about an issue report. He was saying something about issues have to have two sides. Then he said that means things like rape are not issues. Needless to say, the class laughed for ages. Smiley face. Weird. Yes. I, I kind of even don't even get that. Human I was thinking, scientists. I was immediately thinking of the pun on issues because, you know, an issue can be your seed. I thought it was... Anyway, never mind. There was also something from Jordan last week, but... Uh, mm. Jordan's our fan. Yay. Thanks for listening in, Ben. And perhaps you want to report your science teacher because there's two sides and he's obviously... Is wrong. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how that is working there, but it's, he sounds like he's offending everybody. But maybe that's good. Who knows? He's raising awareness about... I don't even know what I'm saying. I'm just thinking that we're running out of time. So I'm going to put briefly on the next song, I guess, and then um, if there's any point, which there isn't really, and then we'll head on to the final section. We'll be back in a second. This is Jewel Estate, and I hate the role-playing hour because I asked them to feed my fish, and then they fed my fish too much, and now my fish has body image issues. Oh, the things we've lost since... The nuclear war. Remember trees? Yeah. Remember puppies? Yeah. Remember comic books? Did you ever read some of those old comics? Superheroes used to have the best bad guys back in the day. You could get evil superpowers from all sorts of things, like, I remember this one time. This week it is Batman versus Chinese Man. Come out of there, Chinese man, and stop your evil Chinese ways. Never come any closer, and I will use my Chinese powers to destroy you. Batman, you shouldn't go in there. Chinese man has the power to command all Asians. He will kill you. I must, Robin. Chinese man cannot be allowed to practice being Chinese. I understand, Batman. Wait out here. I'm going in. Ah, Batman, I see you have breached my Chinese wall and found my opium den. No matter, I will shoot a ray of pure Chinese at you. No, Chinese, my one weakness. Damn you, Chinese man. When will villains ever learn? Chinese is not the answer. Yes, this crystal radiates pure Chinese energy. Feel it on your unprotected skin, Batman. Feel it! Damn you! I guess it didn't take much to be a bad guy in the 40s. Oh no, look on the horizon. Mutants! The wastelands have shaped them into inhuman forms. They're peeling skin, they're bleeding gums, they're strange tumorous lumps. Yeah, but don't be rude, Jim. No, I won't be rude. Always saying mean things about people behind their backs. I meant those tumorous lumps are nice. I wish I had those tumorous lumps. Hey! Hey, there, guys! Hey, sand niggers! What? Why are we sand niggers? Yeah, hey, sand niggers, what's up? Uh, how are we... What do you mean by sand nigger? I believe they mean me. They are calling me by my true name, my family name, as I am known on my home world. What? Wait, your real name is Sand Nigger? Yes, Gordon Sand Nigger, that is my name. But it no doubt sounds strange to your human ears. Yeah, it sounds strange. Exotic. Exotic isn't the word I'd use. Why don't you just never tell us your name ever again? Why not? Because it sounds very odd to us. This is discrimination. I should be allowed to use my name. Oh, it sounds very bad. Your name sounds very bad to us. On my homeworld, Jim means to snowball your sister's boyfriend in a petrol station restroom. But in a restroom, you need a key to open, not a restroom you can just walk in without a key. That's very specific. You have a word for that? We have a word for everything. We are very culturally advanced. 
No, we didn't mean him. We weren't saying his name, but we were just joshing, right? We were just calling you sand niggers, because you clearly weren't sand niggers. Who are sand niggers, then? Well, sand nig- No, no, I mean, there are no sand niggers. It's just a silly word. We were just being offensive to be funny. Ironic racism. Yeah, ironic racism. <clears throat> Allow me to talk about ironic racism. Ironic racism almost never works. It's almost always real racism. In fact, ironic racism works so rarely that there is simply no point ever attempting it. If you are tempted to make an ironic racist joke, think and stop. Think, think stop, don't, don't make an, an ironic, ironic racist, racist joke. Again, it's a case of even though you might think you're being ironic in your head, it won't come across as ironic to everybody else. But what about jokes that incorporate racial slurs and stereotypes, but are actually raising social awareness and trailblazing for equality and freedom? Yes, those jokes do exist, but they are very uncommon and difficult to do. Not impossible, but difficult. They are difficult enough that making them should require quite a bit of complicated planning and forethought. If you can plan out a joke with racial slurs and or stereotypes and see every step of the way how what you are creating is actually a joke about racism, a joke encouraging awareness and equality, if you can take each part of the joke and explain exactly what it is doing and how, if you can write a thesis on the joke, then go ahead, make it. You've spent a great deal of time and energy crafting a well thought out and socially conscious joke and congratulations. But if you haven't put in the time and effort, if you haven't considered in detail what you're saying, and if you are fully aware of how you are trailblazing, if you're just blurting out sand nigger because you think the word is funny, then stop. You are not being ironic racist. You are just being regular racist. Or at best, you're just being a dick who sounds racist, which is the same as being racist. A well-thought-out, clever anti-racism joke using racist terms, well... That is something you would proudly say to anybody on Earth, even the person who the slurs you use are supposed to indicate. If you would be even slightly uncomfortable making the joke to a person who could feel the slurs indicate them, then it is safer and better for everyone if you just don't make the joke. Remember, these are people who have probably heard these words being spit from angry mouths at them and their children, words that have made them feel unsafe, words that have been accompanied by rocks or punches or denigrating snickers, words that have been used to make them feel they don't deserve to be there, words that have excluded them from the common human community, words that bring back memories of pain and suffering, words that have themselves been violence. You have to have a pretty damn good reason to use words like that. They have to be essential to your joke. Anyone who hears those words in a joke deserves to know that you have put in time and effort and can perfectly argue and defend why you had to use those words to make their lives better. You have to earn the right. Forethought and hard work, my friend, or not at all, even then 99.9% .9 of the time, not at all. Most people who are not genius comedians and human rights campaigners in most places, just not at all. Think. Stop. Don't make an ironic racist joke. Thank you, community service announcement. Oh, fine. See you then, you stuck-up idiot. Just trying to have some fun. Yeah, see ya, Gook. Hey, DM, wanna go sit by the beach with all our lovers and eat chocolate all day? Nah, I can't go to the beach. I always get burned. It's a nuclear winter. There's no sun. You can stay outside for hours. Hey, wow, no sunburn? I 
can go to the beach whenever I want. DM, one of your ladies in the tattered revealing clothing is approaching. She appears to have found some papers. And Jim, here comes one of your scantily clad men. DM, look, we scavenged one of the missile command bases, one of the places nuclear war- warheads were fired from, and we found some papers. Wow, we might finally know what started the war. Yes, according to these paper records printed out as the bombs were falling and civilization was coming to an end, it says, well, you look. According to this, one radio guy from another superpower made an ironic racist joke. The first superpower didn't know the joke was only ironic, so he got mad and responded with a rape joke. Well, the man from the other superpower couldn't stand that. He said a rape joke was just too cruel and it made him feel disempowered, so then he went on a killing spree and fired all his missiles at the world. Everyone else fired back, starting a killing spree of their own, and then that was the end of history. I knew it! Uh. Uh. I still can't get off this world, even on Tippy Cloud. Oh, well, you can just live here with us. I suppose. Twenty years go by. The DM and Jim spend their lives living, loving, and eating chocolate. Sadly, due to radiation, everyone is sterile. Score! Hey! Score! No kids look after, consequence-free sex! Yay! In 50 years, Jim, the DM, the ladies, the guys, and everyone else on Earth is dead. The alien waits alone. Sigh! Three millennia go by in silence, and then the planet is visited by a passerby. Hello! Gordon Sand, nigger. How are you doing? <laughs> Sensor, please. I've been waiting here so long. Can you give me my powers back? Nope. Sorry. I threw them in a black hole. Aw. Uh, well, can you just use your powers to turn back time to three millennia and 50 years ago so I can stop someone making a joke they didn't realize no one else thought was ironic and avert a nuclear war? Yeah, yes, yes, certainly. Okay, I can do that. Thanks, man.